Again, listen to my highest utterance, which is the most profound of the secrets. And this is what I am again telling you, since you are extremely dear to me. And therefore, I shall speak to you of that which is most beneficial to you. Which means I am going to summarize for you the whole teaching in the next two verses. Verse 65, Man manabha mad bhaktaha madhyaji maam namaskaru. Here, Juna, you have your mind fixed on me. Be devoted to me. May you perform all your actions in as an offering to me and may you always bow down to me. <coughs> so we discussed in the morning, the first step is to fix our mind in the Lord, meaning learn about him. Think about him, learn about him. And more we learn about his glories, and more we learn about how he is so woven in my life, how I am constantly enjoying his grace, and therefore how I am what I am on account of the Lord. And thus I see his contribution, the constant contribution in my life, that arises in me a sense of gratitude, and as I learn about his greatness, a reverence arises, and this is how I discover a devotion in my heart for the Lord by learning more and more about Him. And how do I express that devotion? In the form of service to the Lord. So there were first learning about Him, knowing Him. As a result of which, there is devotion. As a result of which, there is service. As a result of which, there is this offering. And thus, constantly I get offered to the Lord. <coughs> in this way, what is ego? Which is what separates you from me, as it gets offered, Mameva Eshasi, you will come to me. That means that you will become me. There is no doubt about that. Satyam de Pratijane Priyosime. And this is my Pratijna. This is my promise to you. And truly the promise to you that you will attain to me, meaning you will become one with me. There is no doubt about that. <coughs> so, thus in that verse 65, Lord Krishna summarized what we call the Bhakti Yoga, the path of devotion through action, that is, by performing actions in the spirit of devotion, as we said, the Karma Yoga has been summarized. And now, in the second verse, in the verse 66, Lord Krishna summarizes Jnana Yoga, for which the means is renunciation. Bhakti Yoga, for which the means is karma or action, and Jnana Yoga, the, the, the Yoga of Knowledge, for which the means is renunciation. <coughs> and that is being summarized in the Verse 66. Parityajya Sarvadharman Parityajya Mamekam Sharanam Raja Mamekam Sharanam Raja Ahantva Sarva Papebhya Ahantva Sarva Papebhya Moksha Yishyami Masuchaha Moksha Yishyami Masuchaha Sarva dharman parityajya, 
abandoning all the dharmas, paritya parisamantatya completely abandoning all the dharmas. Maam ekam sharam vraja, may you take refuge into me alone, so take me, take refuge in me alone, maam ekam sharam vraja, take sharanam refuge in maam, in me alone and nothing else. So sarva dharman parityaja, abandoning all the dharma. This is the use of the word dharma here, does cause confusion sometimes. Swamiji, Lord Krishna says, give up all the dharma. What does it mean? Does it mean that we should give up dharma such as Hinduism? This is what is being said. Or dharma that we follow, because the word dharma is generally translated as religion. Give up all your religions. You neither Hindu, nor a Muslim, nor a Jew, nor a this. Is that what it meant here? What is meant by dharma? Here, Shankaracharya ji interprets the word dharma as karma. So, because dharma means virtue, in order for you to, perf- to have the virtue, you must perform a virtuous action. And therefore, by dharma is interpreted a virtuous action. <coughs> and therefore, give up even all those, give, give up all the actions. Give up all the rights. Give up now all the worship. What is meant is that the worship is now done at two stages. So far I was performing worship of the Lord through my actions. Lord Krishna says, give up that worship and now perform the worship at a little higher level. It is worship of Lord, no doubt. But so far in the previous verse, the worship that was prescribed was by way of action. Madhyaji Maam Namaskuru, perform all your actions as an offering to me. So the first stage is to perform the worship of the Lord in the form of service, in the form of making actual offering, which is that is the worship that involves duality. So therefore there is a worship of what we call Saguna Brahma, Brahman or God with attributes. Because that's the word, that's the one I can serve. This question often arises in the minds of students of Vedanta. Swamini Vedanta teaches us that I am Brahma, that God is my very self. Then who is to worship whom? How can I worship God? He is my own self. I am, I am, I am the self. I am, I am God or God is my own self. How can I worship Him? But that has to become the ultimate realization on my part. <clears throat> but accepting the reality as it obtains from me right now, at this time, when I think of God, I never think of I, always think of God as someone different from me. And therefore that word God does not create in me today the idea of I. When, I, when the word God is used, it creates in me an idea that God is the one who is a creator, sustainer, dissolver, omniscient, omnipresent, all-powerful, all-pervasive. That's the idea of the word God that is created in my mind. And so, I accept that as a reality obtaining today. And therefore, the duality is a reality at this time, even though in the ultimate sense it is not true, but that is the truth for me right now. And therefore, I accept it. So how do I relate or how do I function in the duality so that progressively I become free from duality or I grow out of duality. So that is what Lord Krishna said, a life of yoga or life of worship. And so my interaction with the world in the realm of duality would be of the nature of worshipping the Lord who is manifest as his world. Jagataha ishadhi yukta sevanam. Jagataha sevanam, serving the world. With his dhi, with the bhavana, with the attitude that it is nothing but the manifestation of Lord, which is what it is. And therefore the first level of devotion, bhakti, first level of bhakti or devotion is through action. It can be action which is physical action, it can be action at the level of speech, it can be action at the level of mind. So when you perform the rituals, well it is worshipful action at the level of body. And when I recite his names and his stotras and hymns, it is a worshipful action at the level of speech. And I can perform mental worship, which is what we call meditation. So what is meant by meditation is, one kind of meditation is mental worship of the Lord. We don't like the meditations of just gazing someplace and stuff like that, you know. The meditation must have God in that in some way or the other and therefore, Ideally, meditation should be worship of the Lord, mental worship of the Lord. It is worship, but then each level of worship becomes subtler than the previous one. 
కాయవాంగ్ మన కార్యమొత్తమం పూజనం జపశ్చింతనం క్రమాత్ కాయవాంగ్ మన ఎట్ ద లెవెల్ ఆఫ్ బాడీ ద వర్షిప్ విచ్ ఇస్ సమ్వర్డ్ గ్రోసర్ దెన్ ఇట్ బికమ్స్ ఇట్ సటిల్ ఎట్ ద లెవెల్ ఆఫ్ స్పీచ్ and then it becomes even settled at the level of mind so when i am performing act of worship at the level of body the speech also is involved and the mind also is involved and therefore mind has much more scope of wandering the field of thinking or wandering of the mind is much wider and therefore it is an easier form of worship because it requires less subtlety and less focus of mind and then i graduate into the worship him at the level of speech at that time the body is not involved only mind and speech are involved therefore the scope of wandering the mind has is reduced somewhat therefore it requires a more focused mind and then when i perform worship at the level of mind that is extremely subtle and therefore requires much more focus and now the field of activity of the mind has become extremely narrow so this is the worship at the level of body which is the rituals at the level of speech which is all the chanting and recitals at the level of mind in the form of mental worship all this was the subject matter of the verse 65 now you must graduate further so so far the worship was in the realm of duality that is i am the devotee and lord is the one whom i worship the next level of worship should turn into the worship in the, in in as non duality and now how do i worship god which is my own self naturally it cannot be in form of action i cannot serve myself i cannot praise myself in the sense that now that the worship has to now to be of a different level when i am now worshiping lord who is my own self what is the nature of that worship nature of that worship is in the form of knowledge so then lord has to be known known as myself so far the lord was the object of worship someone different from me because as long as i look upon myself as an individual being in the 12th chapter lord krishna said klesho dhikataraastesham avyakta satya chetasam avyakta hi gatir dukham dehavad bhirvapyate as long as there is a strong attachment to the body as long as i have a strong sense of a sense of individuality so long definitely there is a great distance between myself and the lord and so long it is very difficult to look upon lord as my own self to the extent that my own thought of myself becomes less and less and less qualified that is my understanding of myself becomes less and less qualified then i can worship the lord who is also free from qualification so therefore vedanta teaches god and not two forms but let's say the two stages that this whole manifestation involving all the qualities and attributes and names and forms is also manifestation of lord we say that that is the lord with attributes but ultimately the attributes are only projection therefore the ultimate nature of lord is free from attributes so when i look upon myself as one possessing many attributes then naturally the worship is also of the lord possessed of attributes and as i discover myself as possessed of less and less attributes then then i become the worshipper of the lord who is beyond the attributes evam satata yuktaye భక్తాస్వాం పర్యుపాసే చాప్యక్షర్మవ్యక్తం తేషాం కే యోగవిత్తమాన్ ఆఫ్ అర్జున if you want to travel from here to chicago then you ride from here to the airport in the car and from there you ride in the plane so swami ji which are superior people the one riding in the car or one riding in the plane you may say one riding in plane is superior provided you are at the airport but if you are in the gurukulam then what then one riding in the car is superior to one riding in the plane you can't ride in the plane so what is best there is no such thing as best 
And therefore, the first level of reaching Chicago is to drive in the motor car from the Gurukulam to the airport. Then the second level is to fly from one airport to the other. Similarly, the first level of worship is tuning up with the Lord, identifying with the Lord. And that is how slowly and slowly becoming free from identification with his individuality. Maam Namaskuru. Bowing down to the Lord. Meaning that my identification to my sense of individuality becomes less and less and my identification of the Lord becomes more and more. And thus, when I appreciate the Lord is manifest in the names and forms that is Lord with attributes, then I am now ready as my own self. <coughs> Therefore, the first level of worship is in the form of action, which is what we call act of worship. The second level of worship will be contemplation upon the Lord as my own self. And that would involve shravanam, mananam, didhyasanam. <laughs> Anyway, it must be on the other side, but the thing is that a karma yogi graduates into a sannyasi, vidisha sannyasi, and he graduates into a vidvat sannyasi. <coughs> so, that is the second level of worship is what is being said. This is how Shankaracharya, the great commentator, explains these two verses. So, Lord Krishna says, Sarva dharman parityadya maam ekam sharanam vraja. You have all the attributes. So, word dharma can be understood in different ways. So, we said karma yoga, that's the first level of worship, which results into, we said vividisha sannyasa, which means renunciation of all the duties. That is renunciation of the external form of worship. The worship does not go, understand? I still remain a devotee of the Lord, but now a devotee in a different way. Formerly my devotion was expressed in the form of action. Now my devotion will be expressed in the form of contemplation. So we say that bhakti is always there. A karma yoga also is a bhakta and a sannyasi also is a bhakta. Both are sannyasis as well as a matter of fact because renunciation is involved in both the cases. But the level of renunciation changes. <coughs> that I am not this individual ego, I am in fact that purushaha. I am the very person, I am the very consciousness, different from personality, the, the prakriti. And now I am ready therefore for, to, I mean to distinguish between the person and the personality. And that is done through the vichara, shravanam, mananam, nididhyasanam. So that is sannyasa of second level. Sarva dharman parityanja, hey Arjuna therefore, let a time come when you even give up those rituals. That is, give up that form of worship involving duality. Not only rituals, anything. Give up now the form of worship involving duality and now be maam ekam sharam raja. Now you worship me as your own self. Ekam. Worship me as the one who is not different from you. How can you worship now? What is the nature of that worship? That nature of worship cannot be in the form of an action, understand? It is a worship in the form of giving up the action. Because action always the actor. Actor means always you know the sense of the agent of action. The action always is the karma always you knows karta or agent of action. And that karta stage you discover the fact that I am a karta. The self is actionless. Because understood in two ways. The first immediate is that he is the one under whose rule the whole universe functions. He is the very order and in, the, in keeping with the order, every element, the whole universe functions and therefore the sun shines because of that order, the fire burns because of that order, the wind blows because of the order, the water flows and everything is what it is and whatever it is doing is because of that order. So he is Ishwara, he is a ruler and by his order everything is governed, so he is the ordainer. This is when we look at Ishwara. But if we look at these things from the standpoint of God Himself, then what? If He has to really control the whole universe, anybody, try to rule anybody, because nobody wants to be ruled, basically. Nobody wants to be ruled. And therefore, if you want to rule somebody, in some way you have to, you have to create some kind of a strain, because you are depriving him of the freedom of not being ruled, and you are ruling. And therefore, ruling always involves some stress, some, some kind of an imposition.
So can you imagine a God who is ruling this whole universe consisting of countless galaxies, each galaxy consisting of billions of stars and each star having, I mean, can you imagine the, a God trying to control the whole thing, everybody is trying to run away in some way and he wants the whole everything together. What an amount of force you must exercise. You will get tired, will it not? As Swamiji says, if God also has to go to work and has to go to office to work, someday he will also require, he will also require some vacation. <laughs> and therefore ideally what should be the nature of the ruling? So therefore if we analyze what should the ruling be? It should be a ruling such as that does not involve any exertion at all, is it not so? And therefore the rule of the ordainer who is Lord Narayana or Vishnu is shown as reclining in his serpent bed, in his yoga nidra, doing nothing. Which means that for keeping the whole universe under control, for maintaining order, he doesn't have to do anything. What does it mean? It means that it all happens merely in his presence. And therefore, in ultimate reality, he is what? He is free from any action at all. He is actionless. He is actionless. He is free from attributes. He is merely of the nature of presence. Maya adhyakshana prakritihi suvete sacharacharam. In the ninth chapter, Lord Krishna said, It is in my presence. It is in my presence that is consciousness and that this prakriti or this energy of the matter performs the activities of creation, sustenance and dissolution. And that means I do not do anything. So actionlessness is ultimate reality. If you look at God from his standpoint of view, what will find? He does nothing. He is actionless. Such a powerful presence it must be that in the presence everything gets done. And therefore, ultimate nature of God has to be free from action, free from every exertion and never free from every attribute. That's the ultimate reality of God. So first level of discovery of God is to discover that everything is God. The whole manifest creation is manifestation of God. This is the first level of discovery and that is done by Karma Yoga, that is performing worship through action. The second level of discovery is what? The Lord is beyond all the attributes. All the attributes are mithya. In the beginning, Lord is with all the attributes. Ultimately, the attributes are merely appearance. And what there is, is nothing but the one that is free from attributes. And who is he? He is my very self. As we have been saying, there is only one thing that is really free from all the attributes and that is I. Because I can assume a variety of roles. Now I is a speaker, then I is a listener, then I is an eater, then he is a talker, then he is a thinker, then he is a seer. One can assume all these different roles only when one is free from all the roles. And therefore the I or the ego that assumes all these variety of roles constantly must be by himself free from every role, free from every attribute. Like an actor who puts on variety of costumes and performs different roles but himself is free from all the roles. Roles are all dependent upon him but he is independent of them. And therefore, there is only one thing that is devoid of all the attributes and that is I. If God is devoid of all the attributes, the only where he can be, only place he can be is I. And therefore, the next level of worship is to contemplate upon the Lord as my own self. <coughs> and that requires me, and that is what is that, what is myself? Attributeless, actionless. And therefore to know the Lord as a self, as actionless, the way is to give up the actions. Because to perform the action always requires me to assume the sense of doership. Unless I become even a devotee also is a doer of actions. So unless I accept the doership, I cannot perform deliberate action. And therefore, to discover the self that is free from doership, therefore Shankaraja says, the next step is to give up all duties. So dharma here means all the virtuous actions, all the duties. Give up even the sense of doership. Maam ekam sharam vraja. So vraja means actually, so take, take, come to me. In, in Vedanta all the verbs involving motion are always interpreted as the verbs of knowledge. That means, maam ekam sharam vraja means what? That know me 
as mamekam, as me, who is one non-dualism. Understand Arjuna that, and know that I am not different from you. I am your very self and therefore now worship me as your own self. And the, the way to worship is, know this fact that I am your own self. So far, I was the object of your worship. Next is, recognize this fact that I am your own self. That means, do not keep me away from me, Lord Krishna says. It's alright to begin the worship in the realm of duality, but ultimately, let there be no distance between you and I. And that is how the love always culminates in a non-duality, is it not so? That is really the culmination of love where the object of love is not different from me. And so, Sarva Dharman, Dharma can be interpreted as Karma. So that all the, ex- the, the forms of worship involving ex- action is given up. And now I take up to the form of worship involving the contemplation upon the Lord, which is Shravanam, Mananam, Nididhyasanam. And before that also we can understand this Sharanam, refuge of the Lord. In fact, so Madhusudan Saraswati explains here that, see Lord Krishna says that Sharanagati is the ultimate thing. Sharanagati means surrendering to the Lord. Surrender unto me, take refuge of me, into me. So understand, surrender is involved in every stage. Even when I am performing karma Yoga, then also surrender is involved, then the surrender is of my likes and dislikes. Surrendering of this rajas and tamas, surrendering of these impulses is involved. And finally, surrendering of the very ego and therefore sharanagati. Except that, in the first case, the surrender is in the form of action. In the second case, the surrender is in the form of knowledge. And therefore, Lord Krishna says, know me, me as ekam, ekam means one, and one means non-dual, know that there is not one God, but that there is only God. That means, do not exclude yourself now. So far when I was worshipping God, I excluded myself. I was a devotee. Recognize that you are not different from me, and therefore, that there is no distance between you and I, now recognizing non-duality between the two, and by study of the scriptures, contemplation upon these statements of scriptures. <coughs> Tattvamasi, that's what Aham Brahmasmi, this is what the Upanishad says, the Aham, the I is Brahman. And that's a statement which reveals the identity between Aham, I and Brahma, God, and that is an unconditional identity. There are many other teachers of Vedanta who put some conditions in the identity. Oh, Upanishad says that God and you are one, but still that means that you are part of Him. Or oh, you are His servant. Or some, you are close to Him. Something like that. But Shankarajari says, no, no. One means one, without any qualification. Who am I? I am the person, having a personality. And who is God? Also a person, having a personality. I am a person having a little personality of this body-mind complex. And Lord is a person having the total personality of what we call Maya. So the whole universe is his personality. And that's the reason why very often the universe is even described as the body of the Lord. Heavens is his head and earth are the feet and the space is his body. Sun and moon are the eyes. In this manner, they describe the whole universe as the body of the Lord. And so, I have this little body, that is my personality, and Lord's personality is the totality, it is his personality. But the person that I am is the person that Lord is, and that there is no distance at all. So, discover the identity at the level of person. And when can that identity be discovered? Only when. I give up the identification with my personality. So, Sarva Dharman, Parityanjaya, give up all your attributes, give up your identifications. Having given up the, the karma, now start giving up the identification with this body-mind complex, giving up identification with the personality. And that's what is we are taught. Atma, Anatma, Vivekaha. A discrimination between the self and the non-self. Recognize that this body, sense organs, mind, intellect, this complex is 
comparable to a costume. You are not that. You are not the body. The body belongs to you, but you are not the body. Similarly, sense organs, mind, intellect, all of these are the tools or instruments given to you, but then you are not that. Recognize thus the difference between you and this personality. And then recognize that that person that you are is the person that I am. Kshetrajnam Chapso, in 13th chapter, Lord Krishna said this. Idam Shariram Kaunte, Kshetra Mitya Vidhyate, Etadyo Vetitam Prahu, Kshetrajnya Ititadvida. Hey Kaunteya, this body, this gross and subtle body is called Kshetra, is a field of knowledge. Etadyoveti Tamprahu, Kshetra Gnahit Tadvidaha, the one who is a knower of the Kshetra, the knower of the personality, is called the Kshetra is called the self. Kshetra Gnam Chavimam Vidhi, discovery is the ultimate surrender. Then everything has been given up. Ultimately, all my sense of individuality is given up. The sense of individuality that arises from identification with this personality and therefore giving up identification with this body-mind complex is ultimate surrender. Which culminates into discovery that Lord is my own self. I am not different from him. Therefore it was said, Maameva Eshyasi. That you will reach me. There is no doubt about that. And this kind of surrender, Lord Krishna is saying all along. Mai eva manadhatsva, mai buddhim nivesha, nivasishyasi mai eva ata urdham na samshaya. Mai eva manadhatsva, place your mind on me. Mai buddhim nivesha, let your intellect also enter into me. Then you become one with me. <coughs> this is what I do. What will Lord do? My job is to surrender. For surrendering my likes and dislikes and my gross ego. The second stage is surrender my ego, that is, it results from identification with this personality. When I am doing this, Lord, do you do something or not? Yes, I also do. Ahantva sarapapebhya moksha I will... And this dharma and dharma, both of these are born of the sense of ego and there is born of ignorance. Ahantva sarapape miha moksha ishyami. I will free you from all the sins. Meaning, well, I will. So understand that he is also involved in this process. Thank God. We should thank him. That we have not only one year. Let's see what happens to this person. Now, it is said that when the devotee takes one step, the Lord takes ten steps. Ahantva sarapape miha moksha ishyami. I will release you free you from all the sins, meaning that what's the cause of the sin? Ignorance. I will release you or free you from ignorance. I will dispel the ignorance in your heart. And this was also said in the 10th chapter, which we referred to earlier also. Lord Krishna says in the 10th chapter that when I find that my devotees are totally committed to me. And they just worship, worship me for the sake of love. So I find that they are worshipping me for the love for me. They don't, don't, don't want anything else from me. Machittaha, madgata pranaha, bodhiyantaf parasparam. The devotees are described there. Machittaha, the chitta or the mind also in me. Madgata pranaha, the prana sense organs also are functioning for my sake. Bodhiyantaf parasparam, whenever they talk to each other, I am the subject matter. Whenever they get the opportunity, they sing my glories to others. So thus when I find that my devotees are totally committed to me, buddhi yogam danami, then I give them the yoga of buddhi, I give, impart them the knowledge. Teshami vanu kampasam aham agnyana jamtamaha nashayami atma bhavastaha jnana deepena bhaswata. Motivated by or moved, moved by, for, out of compassion for them, I dispel the darkness of ignorance in the heart by lighting the lamp of knowledge. So this is what Lord has to do. Light the lamp of knowledge and dispel the darkness of ignorance. And that's the ultimate sin. 
So if you want to use the word sin for Vedanta, ignorance. So you're all sinners, you're all ignorant. <coughs> the teaching started also, Ashochan, Anvashochastvam. In the eleventh verse of the second chapter where Lord Krishna began his Upadesha, began his teaching. And in 66 verse in the 18th chapter, he continues to say a few verses, but the teaching is completed here. Asochan Anvasodastvam, Hyarjuna, you are grieved. Which means that the Gita Shastra is, the Upadesha, the teaching of the Bhagavad Gita is to release the human being from grief. Grief means from sorrow, from sadness, from unhappiness. Release from all unhappiness, all pain, all sorrow. But Swamiji, I am not interested merely in becoming free from sorrow. I want to be happy. Well, that is also fine. But as it is that, happiness is your nature. And the sorrow is only, is only obstructing that happiness. So when the obstruction goes away, happiness which is your nature automatically becomes evident. And then with these two things, removal of the sorrow, removing the grief from the heart of the human being. Tardishokam Atmavit. We find such a situation in the Upanishad also when says Narada approaches Sanat Kumara. Adi Bhagavad Brahmedi, please teach me Brahman. Then what do you know? You first tell me what it is that you know and then say Narada relates a whole list of things that he knew. He was one of the most learned persons. Having said what all I know, every Veda I know, all the Puranas and all Itihasa and Vyakran, everything. All other kinds of things also he knew. He knew the astrology and astronomy and he knew art and dance and music and everything. Soham Bhagavastochami, in spite of being one who is so accomplished, I am still grieving. Tanmam Bhagavan Shokasyaparam Taravitu, the revered servant, please help me cross this ocean of grief. I have heard, listen to it, I have heard from great sages like you, that the knower of the self crosses the grief. So knowledge is presented as the solution for the problem, human problem of grief or sorrow. That's all knowledge can do. It can remove the grief, it can remove sorrow. What else is to be done anyway? You surrender yourself to me, that is how Arjuna said. I'm your disciple. I'm surrendered to you. Please teach me that by which I... So Arjuna, you're a mumukshu and therefore there's no reason why you should not get the knowledge. Mahasuchaha, please do not grieve. <coughs> First is renunciation of external forms of worship involving... and the forms of worship involving duality. And taking up the worship at the level of non-duality, meaning discovering the non-duality or non-separation from the Lord. Which involves another renunciation, renunciation, the form of giving up identification with this personality and discover the nature of person. There is none other than Brahman. That is called Maam Ekam Sharanam Vraja. May you know me as one non-dual, as your own self. And I will release you by dispelling the darkness of ignorance from your heart. When this devotee chooses a Lord is all that he wants, then says that the Lord of the Self also reveals his true nature to him. <coughs> and with this wonderful promise, Ahantva Sarupapebhya Mokshishami, I will free you from all the sins. Do not grieve. Don't worry. I will do that. That's a great promise. With that, Lord Krishna concludes the teaching. <coughs> Having thus concluded everything, now what follows is uh, Shastra Sampradaya with him, what follow these certain procedural things which are necessary to be said. And that is, uh, what is the Vidhi, what's the method of passing on this knowledge? <coughs> now that Lord Krishna has imparted knowledge to Arjuna, then Lord Krishna also instructs 
certain rules that should be observed in passing on this knowledge. Shastra Sampradaya Vidhi Vidhi is the method of Sampradaya of passing on this knowledge of the scriptures. And that's what now Lord Krishna says. So the teaching is concluded with the verse 66. Nabhaktaya kadachana Nabhaktaya kadachana Nacha shushru shave vacham Nacha shushru shave vacham Nacha maam Idante See here Arjuna This scripture, the Bhagavad Gita In order to dispel the ignorance and dispel therefore the sorrow that is born of ignorance so this teaching that I have imparted to you so that so as to eliminate all the sorrow this teaching Navacham this should not be imparted to these people it is said in sort of a negative way Idam Navacham this Gita Shastra this teaching of Gita should not be imparted to these people Atapaskaya Navacham Atapaskaya the one who is devoid of austerities so certain conditions are stated here as to who is the one who is qualified to receive this teaching Atapaskaya Tapo Rahitaya so the one who is devoid of tapas devoid of austerity in the life that is one whose life is characterized by indulgence one whose life is devoid of any self-control so one of the first requirements is that there must be self-control in the life. There must be freedom from what we call indulgence. And therefore, I consume from the resources of nature the minimum that I require and no more. Non-violence. So that my life must be, must demonstrate a non-violence. That I do not trample upon the rights of others. I do not deprive others of what they should have by unnecessarily consuming, you know, more than what I need. So this is called tapasya austerity, a life of austerity. <coughs> or we may call religious discipline also, it's a life of religious discipline. So one who doesn't have that religious discipline, to that person, this teaching should not be imparted. Suppose there is a person who has this austerity or religious discipline, but that person may not have devotion. Na abhakta. One who is devoid of devotion, one who is not a devotee, to him also this should not be imparted. So devotion also is required. Devotion to whom? Devotion to the teacher, devotion to the scriptures, devotion to the Lord. Primary devotion to the Lord. Because the teaching is in order to attain, you know, in order to know the Lord. So there must be devotion for the one to the one whom I want to know. And so I want to study Bhagavad Gita, but I don't believe in God. I don't care for God. You know, that doesn't make sense because Bhagavad Gita is scriptural pertaining to God. Not only is told by the God, but the God is subject matter here and there, there must be devotion for the one whom I want to know. So devotion to the Lord. Also there should be devotion to the scriptures because scriptures are the means of knowledge which in fact unfold the nature of Lord. Again that requires devotion to the teacher because teacher is the one who unfolds the scriptures. So devotion to the teacher, devotion to the scriptures, devotion to the Lord. Devotion involves love and reverence and service, all these are involved. So one, so here basically devotion, reverence and the love. So the one who is devoid of reverence. There must be reverence for the scripture and reverence for the teacher and reverence for the Lord. <coughs> If one does not have that, this should not be imparted to him. Naja asushru shavevacham. Sushusha. Sushusha, the word has two meanings. One is one who does not render service. Sushusha. That means this must be a service oriented person. One who is willing to serve his teacher. One who is serving the Lord. And so one with the spirit of service. One who doesn't have that spirit, to him it should not be imparted. Or shushusha also means shrota mitcha, the desire to listen. So one who doesn't want to listen, of course he won't come to you anyway, there is no question, but in anyway, so one who doesn't want to listen. Or 
better than that one who does not render the service to that person also he must be a service minded he must be a person who must be humble and who has a value for serving the teacher for serving the scriptures for serving the lord and finally all of this can be there but still it should not be imparted to one who is abhyasuya one who, who cavils at me one who finds faults at me somebody said swami ji when in the beginning i listened to the gita i never liked the chapter 7 to 12 there chapter about lord because look at this krishna you know all the time is i am this i am there and i am this and what a great ego big ego he must have had Matah paradaram nanyat kinchit asti dhananjaya Hey dhananjaya, there is nothing other than me You must have big ego I didn't like those chapters And subsequently then When that person understood what this means Then I love those chapters now But sometimes to a person With a shallow, like a superfluous mind It may appear as though The teacher of Bhagavad Gita, Lord Krishna All the time claims his own glory He seems to glorify himself self adulation you know and therefore it is a self glorification and therefore one who looks upon me the teacher of bhagavad gita is nothing but glorifying myself and therefore he finds fault he cavils at me even to that person also this should not be imparted because there must be reverence for the one the teacher and unless we can tune up with lord krishna unless we have the reverence for him his words will not have an impact upon us so my identification with arjuna that i become arjuna when i look upon lord krishna as my teacher as well as look upon him as god meaning that here you know when you find these qualities that there is a person who who lives a life of austerity the person who has a devotion for the lord and the scriptures and the teacher the person is always ready to serve and one who does not find fault does not cavil this is a person to whom this teaching must be imparted that's what it means but if you find this quality is absent this teaching should not be imparted <coughs> it is not to deprive people of that but then is always thought that scripture or teaching should be imparted to those who are deserving and should not be imparted to those who are not deserving <coughs> don't throw your what is it don't uh, it is saying no? don't throw your uh, jewels the swine or something don't like that huh huh don't scatter your pearls before the swine yeah and so this pearl should not be scattered that is what lord krishna says this should be imparted only to the one who is deserving <coughs> having said that now lord krishna praises the person who imparts this knowledge he love, loves him you know and that is what is said in the verse 68 ye imam paramam guhyam ye imam paramam guhyam मद्भक्तेश्वविधास्यते मद्भक्तेश्वविधास्यते भक्तिं मयि परां कृत्वा भक्तिं मयि परां कृत्वा मामेवैष्यस्य संशयः मामेवैष्यस्य संशयः यह भगवान् इमं परमं गुह्यं मद्भक्तेषु अभिधास्यते Now Lord Krishna talks about this the one who is who is who is imparting this knowledge. First was told that this knowledge should not be imparted to one who doesn't have their proper qualification. Now that when you impart the knowledge, how about the one who is disseminating this knowledge? Yah, imam paramam gushyam. This great, the most profound secret. the most exalted secret or most profound secret that is bhagavad gita which is in the form of the dialogue between lord krishna and arjuna mad bhakteshu abhidhasyati one who imparts his teaching to my devotees so we should understand other things also because the first verse talked about four qualifications although shankaracharya says that since the second verse only mentions bhakta or the devotion that means that one thing is enough even if you don't have other things suppose the religious austerities are not there and suppose even the attitude of service is not there or suppose other things are not there even then if there is of course 
obviously a cavilling in the Lord will never work. That should certainly not be there. But in case other qualifications are lacking somewhat, but there is abundance of bhakti, then also it is an adequate qualification for imparting this knowledge. So one who disseminates this knowledge or imparts this knowledge or teaches this knowledge to my devotees. How does he do that? Bhaktim mai param kurutva. So, while he is imparting knowledge is that both knowledge in terms of the words as well as in terms of meaning. So, granthataha arsatascha. Imparting knowledge meaning that he makes sure that the devotees or the listeners, they understand the words as well as the meaning. That is called imparting this. It's not that you just come and talk and then say something regardless of whether the people listen to it or they understood or not. But then teaching means that making a sincere attempt, in fact, to convey the meaning. So one who does that. And while he's doing it, what is his own attitude? Bhaktim mai param krutva bhagavataha param guruho achyutasya susrusha maya kriyate. So thus, one who disseminates his knowledge, in his mind, there is this spirit or this attitude. That by this, that when I am sharing this knowledge with others, in that process that I am offering my devotion to the Lord Achyuta, to the Lord Narayana, to Lord Krishna. So in the spirit of devotion he does it. Because it is possible that you may do this for various other reasons also. A person can teach this or impart this teaching, pass this on to others, even to glorify himself, he may have some ulterior motives as well. Lava, khyati, puja, there may be some gain, there may be some fame, there may be some respect that he might be seeking through that, no. So when this teaching is imparted to my devotees, <coughs> in this spirit, that by doing this, I am only performing my act of worship to the Lord Narayana. <coughs> so I am serving the Lord by this act of mine of the nature of sharing or passing on this knowledge to others. Mai param bhaktim kurtva. So with the spirit of ultimate or highest devotion to me, one who passes on this knowledge to my devotees. What's the, what, what does he attain? Mameva eshati asamshaya. There is no doubt that he will reach me alone, he will come to me. Who will come to him? The one who imparts this knowledge to others. So this is very important. So continuing this parampara, parampara means this lineage. So that must be continued, this tradition should be continued. And therefore, one should first of all gain this knowledge and also then sincerely attempt to pass on or continue this tradition. <coughs> so this is the really the the uh, result that comes to the one who is in giving this knowledge <coughs> and again praising him Lord Krishna says in the verse 69 Nachatasman manushyeshu Nachatasman manushyeshu Kaschinme priyakrittamaha Kaschinme priyakrittamaha Bhavita nachame tasmad Bhavita nachame tasmad Anyaf priyataro bhuvi Anyaf priyataro bhuvi And Lord Krishna says Manushyesh madhye tasmad me nakaschit priyakrittamaha And there is no one among men more dear to me than this one, this my devotee who disseminates his knowledge. So the one who disseminates knowledge also is a devotee of the Lord and those to whom the knowledge is disseminated also are the devotees. So this devotee of mine who imparts this knowledge to others, there is no one dearer to me among all the human beings. So Lord Krishna says, this devotee, these devotees are always dear to him. But he is a devotee, a special kind of a devotee who passing on this knowledge with devotion, there is none who is more devoted, dearer to me than that. In the present, how about the future? Bhavita smart anyaf priyataro bhavi. Arjuna, I can tell you that in, the, uh, in this world, there will not be anyone in the future also who will be dearer to me than him. In the present, 
he is the dearest to me among all the human beings, in future also there will not be anyone who will be dearer to me than him. This is this, in these two verses, Lord Krishna praises the, the teacher of Bhagavad Gita. <coughs> How about the people who are listening? How about those who are studying Bhagavad Gita? Well, they are also very exalted people. So, verse 70 says that, Adhyeshyate chaya imam, Adhyeshyate chaya imam, Dharmyam samvada mavayo, Dharmyam samvada mavayo, Jnana yajnena te naham, Jnana yajnena te naham, Ishtasyamiti mematihi, Ishtasyamiti mematihi. Adhyeshyate, and one who studies, See, adhyayana means studying as well as reciting. So one who studies or recites this, avayahu dharmyam samvadam, this dialogue between the two of us, which is dharmyam dharmat anapetam, so that which is conducive to virtue, conducive to dharma, not different from dharma. This dialogue between the Lord Krishna and Rajuna is pertaining to dharma as well as itself is dharma. Jnana Yajna is the one who studies this Bhagavad Gita. He will have done what? Jnana Yajna Nityana Mishtasyam. I will look upon that study of Bhagavad Gita as being worshipped by the devotee through what we call Jnana Yajna. So study of Bhagavad Gita is called Jnana Yajna. The sacrifice in the form of knowledge. So that would constitute the worship of me. Meaning that study of Bhagavad Gita constitutes the worship of the Lord, the worship of the nature of Jnana Yajna, the sacrifice of knowledge. Ishtasya Mithi So this is my conclusion, this is my opinion that I would look upon that as worship to me. <coughs> that means one who studies Bhagavad Gita, that very study, I look upon that as worship to me. So even if other forms of worship are not there, this one thing is there, that one is committed to and devoted to studying. Even that also is one of the highest forms of worship of the Lord. This is what Lord Krishna says. <coughs> so that is the study. How the one who just listens? How about him? So in the verse 71 we are told. Shraddhavanana suyascha Shraddhavanana suyascha Shranuyadapiyo naraha Shrunyadapiyo Naraha Sopimukta Shuhan Lokan Sopimukta Shuhan Lokan Prapnuyat Punya Karmanam and in the listener, this qualification are expected, Shraddhavan, one who is possessed of Shraddha, a trust of the faith, as we said again in the Gita, and in the Lord Krishna, as well in the scriptures. Anasuyascha, and one who is not cavilling, that is one who doesn't look upon the Lord Krishna as an ordinary human being. If he was an ordinary human being, and he proclaimed all his glories, then definitely we would have to question that. But one who doesn't look upon Lord Krishna as a human being, as an ordinary human being, he is avatara, he is incarnation of the Lord. And therefore, one who looks upon the teacher of Bhagavad Gita, that is the speaker of Bhagavad Gita, the, the t- knowledge of the teacher of Bhagavad Gita, namely Lord Krishna, as the very Lord. And therefore, has a reverence and devotion for him. At the same time, one who has a trust in the words, then alone we can only shraddha in the words. So, with that, when one listens to the Bhagavad Gita, so be muktaha, he also will be Shubhan Logan, Punya Karmanam, Prapnayat. He also will gain those auspicious words of those who have done the good karma. The idea is that listening to Bhagavad Gita is one of the most exalted act that you can perform. It's a Punya Karma. It's an act that actually brings, brings, generates a lot of virtue. And that's how one becomes qualified to go to those worlds or realms which are attained by very virtuous people. <coughs> so this is how Lord Krishna in these verses also tells us the method of imparting this knowledge as well as 
the gain, you know, the reward that comes as a result of imparting the knowledge or studying or even listening to the scripture. Om Purnamada Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachyade Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnamevavashashyade Om Shanti 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 Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Vadarayanam Sutra Bhashakrutavande Bhagavanta Upanapunaha Ishvara Guru Ratmeji Murti Veda Vibhagine Yoma Vadyapta Dehaya Dakshina Murtaye Namaha Om Shanti Shanti Shanti, Shanti.